Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Good afternoon, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. We have a very interesting show today. I've been waiting to get Mr. Tony Del Mercado on the show for a number of weeks. He has a super cool concept. It's an amazing platform he's building. The name of his company is called Hawk Media. He is the co-founder and chief operating officer of of Hawk Media. It's a super interesting concept. You want to stay tuned for the whole show. He has positioned Hawk Media as an outsourced CMO. And if you don't know what that is, you want to learn about it and you want to know about it and you want to definitely stay tuned because this is a super cool concept. I am so excited, Tony, to have you on the show. I've got so many questions. I want to get right to it. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. This is awesome, Tony. Let's pull the lens back to 30,000 feet as we like to do at the beginning of the interview. Tell us about Hawk Media and tell us about what the outsource CMO is all about. Sure. Yeah. So we created Hawk Media in response, like most new businesses, to a pain point in the market, which is marketing. And marketing is an interesting field because historically, there've been one of a handful of options. You can work with an agency, which is typically quite expensive, longer term contracts. Uh, the best agencies usually work with Fortune 5000 or sexy VC backed startups. Uh, so it's tough for a growth stage company or an emerging company to get your hands on one of them. You can cobble together some contractors from wherever they spring up on the internet. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Marketing is unique in that there's no professional certification like there is for accountants or lawyers. Uh, so there's really no governance. Anybody with a website can tell you they'll make you however much and take your money. And whether they're good or not, TBD. Uh, or you can build an in-house team. And so if you build an in-house team, you become myopic. Sometimes it's expensive, especially as an early stage founder. You're not necessarily interested in training up a whole marketing apparatus. You want to be focused on your product or your service or your technology. So we recognized that there was a lot of growing companies that needed great marketing resources that just weren't getting access to them. So we created a business where we provide the outsourced CMO, uh, as well as paid social, paid search, content, websites, photo, video, strategy, everything and anything that you can think of as it relates to growing a brand and doing so on a month to month a la carte retainer basis. So almost like a fractional resource, people are familiar with IT or with accounting as a fractional resource. That was the thesis. And we started in Santa Monica, California, uh, on the beach there in LA. And the appetite was immediate and strong. 
And so that was at the beginning of 2014. And now here we are seven plus years later, and it's been going along pretty swimmingly. I love it. I love it, Tony. It's really awesome what you're doing. Let's pull the lens back a little bit further. Let's define a few things before we get into this a little bit more. Let's define what a CMO is for a traditional type company, what they do, and 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 by sort of talking about that just a little bit, we'll have an understanding of what you can do with Hawk Media as being the outsourced CMO for these companies. Sure. Yeah. So the chief marketing officer in most businesses is really in charge of figuring out how the heck do we grow this thing, right? And that can involve digital. It can involve traditional. It can involve paid acquisition. It can involve referral making and websites and content creation and everything in between. So at, again, growth stage companies, especially when they're in their infancy, there isn't a marketing leader. So where we started was a consequence of being that marketing leader and saying, hey, here's all the stuff you should do. And oftentimes we were working with people that didn't have huge budgets. So they were mostly rolling up their sleeves and doing it themselves. As we've evolved, we've layered on additional services so we can manage ad spends and we can create content and we can create websites and all of those things in addition to being the outsourced CMO and the entire digital marketing team. So I think that for businesses that are trying to evolve, it makes a lot of sense to have somebody who knows what they're doing uh, actually be managing that process uh, as well as articulating where the resources are best applied. One of my favorite things about our business is that if we're sitting at the hub of the wheel, so to speak, from a strategic standpoint, I don't necessarily care that you use me for every single thing that you're going to do in the marketing landscape. If you do, great. That's awesome. I can assure you that it'll go pretty well. Uh, but even if that involves other vendors or individuals that are already at the company and some sort of stakeholder or internal employee, managing all of those processes and applying what we've learned, working with, you know, over 4,000 brands at this point, um, you know, there's 500 clients on our active roster right now. So the optics that we have into how these things work are just going to be better than yours as an individual. Wow, Tony, I love this so much. 4,000 clients, 500 on the active roster. Let's talk about sort of the, the sweet spot. For, for, for Hawk Media, is there one sweet spot of type of company that really works best with this outsourced CMO opportunity? Is it a startup? Is it a well-funded startup? Is it a Series A round? Or, or is it a company that's you know, small to mid-size? Where is your sweet spot where people really reach out and they get the best value from Hawk Media? Yeah, so it's a lame answer. And much to my chagrin, uh, we work with a lot of different companies from a lot of different verticals at a lot of different stages of growth. We work with some companies that are pre-revenue trying to get their you know tip of the spear into the market. We've worked with Nike and Red Bull and Verizon, and we've done huge campaigns for uh, you know brands that are household names that are recognizable and everything in between uh, where we find sort of a virtuous cycle is we've had a lot of success in e-commerce uh, just because it's transactional, very easy to understand the business metrics, lifetime value, average cost per acquisition, return on ad spend, uh, especially growing companies are usually very cash conscious and they want to see that capital leveraged as quickly and efficiently as possible. So those are the ones that tend to be the most excited about working with us. Obviously moving a company like Nike or Hewlett Packard is a gargantuan effort to move that by, you know, a 10th of a percent 
is huge, whereas we can see massive double-digit percentage quarter-over-quarter growth rates for something that's a little earlier on in its life cycle. Either way, we're equipped to handle brick-and-mortar, mobile, e-commerce, B2B, SaaS. Uh, In Southern California, the cannabis space blew up there for a while. Uh, made a name for ourselves over there. There's there's a lot of different things that we do. As it turns out, and it's sort of silly to say, but uh, how many businesses need help with marketing? Uh, I, I would wager most, if not all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They all do. So let's let's pull the lens in a little bit now because, or push the lens in because when we're talking about the small to medium-sized companies, the one thing that sort of comes out at the forefront in all of these conversations now, it seems like, especially with the e-commerce space that you, you have a, an amazing expertise in, is this cost per acquisition. Everybody's talking about the cost per acquisition and it's such an important driver for all businesses, especially now through COVID and what's happening online. Could you address that a little bit and talk to our entrepreneurs walking, watching the show and talk about cost per acquisition and why that's such an important metric to be able to understand and then underlay with data so that your clients can really know what's happening in their businesses? Sure. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, in, in its simplest form, cost per acquisition really gives you a benchmark about what your margin is going to look like. So if you're newer on, uh, newer in the life cycle, again, understanding what are my hard costs, again, whether that's technology or a product or a service, uh, well, how much do I want to make? <laughs> what's, what's the margin? What would I like to leave with at the end of the day? what kind of overhead expenses I have. And then that leaves me essentially with my acquisition costs. You know, for more complicated businesses, like for ours, for example, which now has 165 employees, we have partnerships and sales and marketing and a whole bunch of layers within each of those groups. But for most businesses, it's just, here's what, here's what my costs are. So understanding what my costs are. And as I lower my cost per acquisition, Obviously, I make more money. The, the more challenging things to understand, to, to zoom in even further, is cost per acquisition based over what time horizon. Are you comparing that to a customer lifetime value or are you co- comparing it to a transactional relationship? If you're, if you're doing marketing well, some things like email, for example, for mature businesses becomes a larger and larger percentage of their overall <laughs> revenue. So you're not necessarily outlaying cash except for the technology that supports that email, but you are getting a return. So the return looks really juicy there, but engaging with a lifecycle campaign or a lifecycle system is really important so that you can continue to increase customer lifetime value while cost per acquisition stays the same, or hopefully even comes down a little bit. So all that is is margin. And that's ultimately why most people are in business is trying to make some money. That's awesome. So that customer acquisition costs is, is very important to look at, not only immediately, but also over the lifetime of a customer. I would imagine since you men- mentioned that you're in the SaaS space, software as a service space, that that lifetime customer value is very important to look at in terms of uh, the customer acquisition cost as well. So maybe you could just talk about that a little bit, because I know that you do a great job with SaaS companies, and I'm sure that's very integral in their business model. Yeah, very much so. So when you look at SaaS in particular or any recurring revenue model, obviously subscription commerce falls under the same bucket these days where there might be an acquisition cost that's even higher than the advertising dollars that you've pushed out, which is why return on ad spend can be a little bit misleading, especially over shorter time horizons. 
So if I spend $100 to get a customer that pays me $50 a month, well, I'm underwater for a little while. But I should understand my business well enough to know what my average retention rates are and actual lifetime value of those customers. So laying out a little bit of cash at the front for a SaaS business in particular to go acquire customers and users and then recoup that over time uh, is really critical. Uh, If you look at unit economics is one of those buzz phrases for the last couple of years that everybody's really fired up about. It can be really misleading in anything that's a recurring revenue model or a subscription model, because obviously the lifetime value doesn't show up for a few months. And even from a margin and hard cost standpoint, you might be underwater for a little while, but that's okay. If you're doing it right and you're providing a good service, getting them through the front door is the trickiest part. Keeping them should be, should be easy if you've got a good service or product. That's for sure. How, did, how does data underlie into the entire platform that you, that you have for your customers? In other words, you're only as good as the data. You're only as good as the information that you're able to have and then the information you're able to give your clients. So let's talk a little bit about that. How does Hawk Media handle all the data and, and how, does it, how does it tell your clients what they need to know in order to make the right decisions with their marketing? Yeah, so I find that um, most clients don't make good decisions with their marketing left to their own devices, given a machine gun to a monkey in a lot of cases, because it's overwhelming. They don't know how to necessarily interpret it, not because they're dumb, just not because it's their area of expertise or specialization. Uh, We talk about attribution a lot. Attribution modeling and attribution is another area that is contentious for some people. If you're running ads uh, with Google, for example, and you're running ads with Facebook, they're both going to tell you that they drove that sale. If somebody has been exposed to an advertisement or a search results on, on both of those platforms. So unpacking the attribution can be a little bit tricky. So when we look at, you know, did this lead come from Facebook or did this come from Google or did this come from TikTok or LinkedIn or a billboard or an email campaign or wherever this lead came from? Understanding those things in their totality is really important. Uh, I actually think that it's really good to understand the data on a granular level, but to make decisions on a macro level about how much am I laying out and how much am I getting back? That's ultimately the golden equation of whether or not my marketing is effective. Uh, I don't think it behooves anybody to get too attached to one specific funnel or vertical. And for listeners that are uh, fluent in Google Analytics, that, that unknown source is pretty good. Uh, and I, find, I haven't come across too many businesses that don't generate revenue from an untagged field in Google called unknown, which ultimately is difficult to leverage. But that's the idea behind, here's how much I'm spending, here's my budget, here's what I'm getting back, and here's what that means over the long term. If that pencils out, you're in a pretty good spot. I love it. So it's the back of the napkin test, and that makes a lot of sense. Tony, when we talk about e-commerce, and we talk about what's going on online with the shopping and more in particular, the shopping carts themselves. And we talk about this shopping cart abandonment. That type of metric can make or break a company. And let's talk about how Hawk Media can help these companies that are in the e-commerce field to make sure that they're really monetizing their customers in the, in the best way without losing these customers uh, to the never, never land or to a competitor. What can you do with Hawk Media to help these companies improve their shopping cart experience in the e-commerce space? 
Yeah, well, le- less is more. I find that uh, there's there's always an opportunity for people to bail when they add something to a cart. What we've all done collectively as an industry as well is we have uh, gotten so good at wow. shopping cart abandonment and sending an email to somebody saying, hey, you left something here. Uh, and the automation that's available in which to do that kind of re-engagement has gotten so good. We've actually trained uh, the savvy online consumer to put stuff in their cart and leave because they know that day or the next day, they're going to get a coupon for 10% off to come back and go fulfill the rest of what's left in their bag or their cart. So that's a bit of a, a race to the bottom there. We've, we, we might've gone too far on all of that, but as soon as somebody adds something to the cart, of course, we want to make sure that we've got as much information capture at the top so that we know who they are right? Uh, If they sign up for a newsletter or an incentivized email capture, like the interstitial pop-ups that everybody knows, 20% off your first order or 10% because it's your birthday or whatever those things are. If we get an email at any point along the shopping cart process, again, hopefully at the front, even if somebody abandons on step two or three, we've got their email so we can send them, this is what you left in your cart. And then if they don't respond that day or the next day, we'll send them something that says, here's a couple bucks off or 10% or whatever it might be. And then we can test the effectiveness of how much we're getting back versus what we would have lost. In general, I think it's important to consider that everybody falls in love with traffic acquisition. This idea of getting my product or service in front of new people and making sure that I've always got a steady inflow of traffic. When in reality, what's more fundamental is building a good mousetrap. You know, if 100 people visit my site and one of them buys something, what about the other 99? Am I retargeting them? through, you know, cookie browsers and making sure that they actually see this stuff again? Am I capturing email in some way, shape or form so I can re-engage them? Uh, For every additional customer that I convert out of those first hundred that visit, I've effectively doubled my e-commerce conversion rate and I've uh, cut my cost per acquisition in half, right? So that piece of the equation is really critical. And a lot of people just blow past it because they're so eager to get new people to their site and they don't consider too hard uh, all the people that are visiting on a on a consistent basis on their advertising right now. Wow, that's incredible. This is really awesome. What you bring to the table for your clients at Hawk Media is really outstanding. Tony, congratulations to you on, on everything. I want to get into entrepreneurship in just a little bit, but a lot of companies, they want to drive a lead. They They want to drive a lead. They want to drive an opportunity to sell the person that lands on their website or their landing page or on their social, the opportunity to speak with that person and sort of um, convert that person into being a customer by phone or by an email uh, string or something like that. So let's talk about that for a minute. When somebody reaches out to you at Hawk Media and they say, Tony, you know, I want some more leads. I need to have some customers. I want to be able to talk to people. I want to be able to convert people. How often do you need to sort of change their entire branding? How often do you need to change their entire website so that what they want is really in line with what they're saying on the website or the branding of their company? Yeah. So how often I want to is probably close to 100%. Uh, How often we actually get the opportunity to is considerably less than that. But it is really critical whether you're advertising a product, or in this case, most, most likely more than likely a service or a SaaS, uh, having the entire funnel built that aligns with the message and the value proposition is really critical. Uh, there's a concept called message match, which has been proven to be really uh, important, especially if somebody sees an ad 
and even the tone, the imagery, the color palette, uh, the verbiage, those are all things that are really important, are consistent from advertisement to landing page to email communication to uh, retargeting ads, all those different things. So making sure that those are all aligned is really critical. Uh, like I said, if it, were, if it were up to me and everything was free, uh, we, we would do it al almost every single time. What, what does help from a brand identity and sort of a narrative perspective is just being able to say, look, this headline is wrong or this content could just be punched up in these ways or you know, this image is really inconsistent with this other advertising campaign that you're running. So mitigating that sort of shock that happens to the subconscious when message matches inconsistent, uh, we try and do as much of as we're uh, allowed to. Sometimes as, as is totally justifiable and understood, people want to control that. People want to say, well, this is what I mean. Okay, well, as long as it's consistent, that's fine. And when we as Hawk Media talk to people about lead generation and prospecting and those kinds of things, we have a very, very sturdy leg to stand on because that's what we do. And we eat our own dog food in terms of what we do for our clients and what we do for ourselves. That's, that's awesome. You know, Tony, recently I was on a website. I was looking for a, a piece of equipment for, for, a, for a warehouse. And, and I got on the website. The chat showed up. I said, hey, do you have this piece of equipment that I'm looking for? And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. I open another tab. I go to a competitor. I see the piece of equipment that I want to buy, and I buy it right then and there. Three clicks, I'm bought, I'm done, it's being delivered. I go to the other website. The chat people still haven't answered the chat yet. So mm -hmm. what happens in this, this, this situation with media where – Companies, they have all the bells and whistles and all the great things that go along with it, but they don't have a follow-up system. They don't get back to the customer in time. They don't have the ability to return a phone call or a system like that. Is that something that these companies can, can hopefully depend on Hawk Media to give them the right direction on how to at least get back to these customers in a meaningful way, in a flow that makes sense? Yeah, well, I mean... First off, if you're trying to compete in the modern digital economy and you don't get back to people, you're just going to get your ass kicked, whether it's a phone call or an email or a chat or whatever. Uh, the second thing that comes to mind is 100% of those first interactions should be automated. Uh, why, why that doesn't happen for that particular example, I don't know, but whoever's in charge of that thing, I'd probably uh, encourage them to automate the first several uh, pieces of that dialogue to create that engagement and then ultimately spit it over to somebody that's sitting in a, uh, even, even a call center. And you can outsource a lot of those things, or you can put somebody on staff and make sure that it's attended to. Uh, there should be a little red bat phone that rings somewhere that people understand, hey, this is a, this is a prospect, especially if that funnel uh, that's created by the chatbot, again, should be automated and says, oh, it looks like you're looking for a product. Is that right? Yes or no? somebody on the product team picks that up or somebody in a warehouse, or again, depending on the SKU number or what people are looking for, you can design those things pretty well. And also again, for the listeners, that stuff's not terribly expensive. Um, being able to operate it with efficiency and get leverage out of it usually requires someone that knows what they're doing, but it's, it's not an expensive tool to integrate into the website. And if you're one of those people that doesn't have the chops to build a chat bot or create that automation, 
don't put one up because you probably lost a customer in this case, right? You would have happily probably navigated around to wherever you needed to be to find that. But in this case, because it was annoying, you left. Tony, you've changed the paradigm, the complete marketing paradigm by putting your client's success ahead of your own at Hawk Media. It's phenomenal what you've been able to do. You're an outsourced CMO. You have month-to-month contracts, no long-term contracts. You have a la carte services. It's really, really awesome. You have hundreds and hundreds of satisfied customers. You've got incredibly large companies you've worked with, Fortune 500 companies, some of the biggest companies in the world, as well as startup companies all the way through. So it's very, very interesting. I'd like to shift the conversation a little bit to entrepreneurship because people are going to be watching the show and they're going to be saying, well, Tony has built with his team and his his, uh, co-founders an amazing company. He's done a great job with Hawk Media. Has everything been, you know, a bed of roses for, for, for Tony and the team, or had they had some hiccups and some potholes they had to move around early on? You know, sometimes younger entrepreneurs, they look at people like you and they say to themselves, you know, has it been smooth sailing all the way along? And, and maybe they get a little disheartened because maybe they're experiencing a difficult or a tough time in their business early on. And they're looking to people who have become very successful and they're wondering, did that person ever have a challenge or was it always a better roses? So maybe you could share some insight on what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to keep going when the going gets tough and share some insight as the co-founder and chief operating officer of a very successful company, Hawk Media. Yeah. So I think that if you're, not experiencing failure and going through some rough patches, you're probably not pushing on the edges hard enough. It is uh, very rare. I'm trying to think if I've actually ever known someone who's had any meaningful level of entrepreneurial success without uh, equivalently equivalent meaningful setbacks and challenges. And throughout our business, we've of course hit many stumbling blocks along the way. We have made heaps and heaps of mistakes uh, I think the the most important things, especially when you're younger and you have entrepreneurial ambitions, is just keep trying stuff and leave a trail of success, work hard, learn things. I wanted to be a teacher, then I wanted to be an architect, then I worked in sales, then I ran a nonprofit, and then I had a couple of successful ventures. But all in all, I had no clue at the time how, of the, how all of those things would work in concert and what I would ultimately do when I quote unquote grew up, right? Uh, so as I was doing all those things, I just try to do them well, just try to do them well, cultivate a work ethic, be smart, learn, learn, not just to pass the test, but really, really learn what's going on and the nuance behind things. And ultimately when opportunity presents itself, you'll be well-prepared. Uh, I love the Vince Lombardi definition of luck, which is there's no such thing as luck. It's when preparation meets opportunity. And we have, as our business has grown, had huge setbacks, really dumb decisions that we've made. Uh, We've hit really tight spots in terms of finance. Uh, But one thing that has been consistent throughout our entire time is that at at no point did did failure become an option. And if that means that we had to work 100 hours a week or pay ourselves virtually nothing or reinvest the money that we did make into potentially speculative ideas that we didn't know if they were going to bear fruit or not, at no point was failure an option or, hey, let's maybe take some chips off the table and go get day jobs. So 
uh, unwavering commitment and pursuit of growth is just the biggest thing. And yeah, if you're, if you're not messing up, you're not trying enough stuff. I love it, Tony. I love it. I have one final question for you. You mentioned you have 165 employees. Hiring is so important these days. So when you hire someone to join your team at Hawk Media, is there one overriding thing that you're looking for for someone to join your outstanding team? Uh, the number one thing that I look for, and uh, this has just been my MO for a long time, I, I, I tell people flat out, this is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. And it doesn't matter what role you have, what team you're on, the velocity and the pace and the expectations that we have, it's going to freak you out. Uh, and I think a lot of people say that they want to be challenged and they want autonomy and they want these kinds of things. And then you present them with what that looks like in the real world. And it's uh, humbling. And so I want people more than anything else that want to be humbled, that want to learn, that want to bang their head against the wall to see what it feels like. So two years from now, they're going to be world-class in whatever profession they've chosen. And listen, they could probably write their ticket anywhere. If they stick around for a long time, that's awesome. I, that's what I want. I want to, it sounds kind of Pollyanna in the modern era, but I, I really want to work with the same people for a really long time. The truth is after a couple of years at my company, most people get so good that they get poached, but that's, that's part of life. Uh, and, and the ones that don't get pushed up into managerial roles or executive roles. And we've had great success kind of home growing our leadership team that way. But yeah, I, I want people with an appetite to go dive in the deep end with their hands tied behind their back and see what it feels like. I love it. I love it. So you have a SEAL team uh, hiring practice, which is, which is just awesome. Tony, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, it's, it's been a number of weeks. I've had a number of questions. I know Hog Media is just knocking the cover off the ball. You've got hundreds of, of happy customers. Your retention rate with your customer base is amazing. You work with everybody, like I said, from the big boys all the way down to, you know, startup companies. For people that want to engage with you, that want to talk to you, do you have an onboarding process for someone? You know, can they speak with someone or is it all done online to start with so that you can get the ball rolling, ball rolling to become their outsourced CMO? Yeah, we have uh, a whole bunch of people who would be more than happy to talk to you if you're curious about learning more. Hawkmedia.com, that's the easiest way. There's a chat bot. <laughs> all right. And uh, there's also a lead form and all the typical things that you would expect. Uh, there's also, I believe, a phone number on there that'll route you to somebody. If you can't wait to talk, just jump on there and give it a ring. And, and of course, Tony will give out his personal cell phone number. Just reach out to me directly and I'll make sure you have that. That's uh, right. I'll, I'll tell you what, I actually do uh, respond to most everything that comes through on LinkedIn, uh, provided it's not just a cold, poorly written solicitation. It actually, for those of you that are listening, trying to solicit business from other people, especially from a marketing executive that don't write me a shitty piece of cold outreach, right? <laughs> I be, love it. Be better than that. But anyway, Tony Del Mercado on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. I love it, Tony. Congratulations on everything you're doing at Hawk Media. This has been an absolute delight. Thanks for slicing some time out to be on the show today. I know you're busy with your team and thank you so much. You bet. Thank you for having me. 